Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1583. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest by the name of Kelly Earnhardt Miller. She's calling in from Mooresville, North Carolina. You better buckle up. We're going to have some fun here. Kelly Earnhardt Miller is part owner and general manager of Junior Motorsport and is considered one of the most prominent businesswomen in NASCAR today. She oversees the company's race team, management team, and business ventures for her brother, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah, that guy. The daughter of seven-time NASCAR champion Dale Earnhardt, Kelly graduated from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte with a BA in Business Administration, a multiple award recipient. She was named in 2015 as one of the Sports Business Journal's Game Changers Women in Sports Business for her impact on the motorsports industry. Her new book, titled Drive, offers nine important lessons learned about winning in business and in life given not as a formula for greatness, but as insight from a fellow traveler on a journey that is sometimes difficult, sometimes painful, unexpected, or confusing, but it's often exhilarating and joyful. We'll be back to talk with Kelly in just a minute, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars Yab possible. So stay in your seat, keep your buckles, your belts buckled, I should say, your helmet on, because we're going for a fast ride today. Sit tight. When it comes to your vehicles, things can get a little messy. Rain, snow, salt, mud, dirt, and everything Mother Nature comes up with can hurt the finish of your vehicles, both inside and out, like that bird on the branch up above your car. I'm not worried, though, because I've used Covercraft products on my ride since 1975. That's right, since 1975. Today, Covercraft offers you a total solution for vehicle protection. They make the best-fitting, finest-made car covers in the world and offer a wide variety of materials, colors, and options that protect your paint and the interior, whether your car is inside or outside. Plus, they keep your car cool when it's parked in the sun. Live where it's really sunny all the time? (laughs) Lucky. Covercraft covers and sunscreens are the best. If you've got pets, messy kids, messy in-laws, just plain messy friends, Covercraft seat covers are the perfect fit and perfect solution for keeping your seats looking new. They're easy on, easy off, and they're easy to wash too. And don't forget Covercraft's custom fit floor mats and trunk liners. Plus... They're very handy seatback organizers. They are must-haves for all your vehicles. Your car, your truck, your van, or whatever you drive will say thank you. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH120, that's Y-E-A-H-120, at Covercraft.com, you can get 10% off your Covercraft order. Just go to Covercraft.com, check out all the products they have to protect your vehicles, use the code YEAH120 at checkout, and get that 10% discount. That's Covercraft.com and use Ya120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. So, what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're a racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you start Adobe Road Winery. 
It's located in Petaluma, California, and he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about Shift. This wine was awarded 93 points by Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's balanced and spicy with dark blueberries and a cigar aroma. The unique bottle shape features a vintage-inspired metal gated shift back with carbon fiber, and the cork is topped with a five-speed shift knob. That's right. There's going to be some battles at the dinner table on who gets to keep the cork after this bottle has been enjoyed. The Racing Series is a delicious gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout and get $10 off your purchase from the Racing Series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH today. Cheers! Hey, Kelly, welcome to Cars Yeah. My friend, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. I think I've been buckled up uh, and ready to, to go most of my life. So uh, <laughs> today is no different. Yes, uh, from a family called Earnhardt, you've got motor oil running through your veins, no doubt. You know, before I get started, I always like to ask my guests this. And I don't want to throw you a curve, but I want you to tell us something that most people don't know about Kelly. Oh, gosh. I think I missed that paragraph. I've made all these <laughs> notes, and look at there. Uh, something that most people don't know about me. Yeah. Um, so most people uh, may not know that I love to scrapbook. And so back in the day, uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s, scrapbooking was really popular. So mm -hmm. where you take your pictures and put them down on paper and decorate them and make a story out oh, yeah. of it. And I started that with my um, oldest daughter, who's now 19. And I still do that today. I don't find quite as much time, but I literally, we plan two weekends a year with a group of about 10 women. Mm -hmm. And what's fascinating about it is, is most people say you literally sit at a table all weekend and do nothing but scrapbook. And yes, that's what we do. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a really fun thing. And that's why I like to ask that question because it brings a, another dimension to who my guests are. And you're such a multidimensional woman. Uh, I mean, what you've done and what you do every day. And then this new book we're going to talk about, I mean, you, I don't know how you have time to do any scrapbooking, but I find it fascinating. My um, in-laws, my wife's parents, we both lost, we've lost both of them. Uh, one just two years ago, and we were going through a lot of their things, as you do when you lose family members and parents. And her father had done a massive amount of scrapbooking because they traveled all the time. Uh, they traveled the world and dozens and dozens of volumes of these scrapbooks. And it was just we sat there and cried and smiled and laughed and talked and all these these wonderful things. And he would put all these little trinkets and things in there that were really really fascinating. And he was a, a lifelong Marine and you kind of don't think of a Marine doing scrapbooking. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. it brought out a whole nother kind of gentle side to him and uh, a really wonderful side. So those are mementos that your kids no doubt will, will keep of you and your life uh, for years and years to come. Well, let's get on our journey here, Kelly. I want to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in your life 
in your success. It's a nice way to get the tires smoking since we're we're at the Aaron, with the Earnhardt's at the racetrack today. So Kelly, grab the wheel. Yeah. So um, this one, was, this uh, this quote for me is just so simple. And um, for as long as Facebook's been around, this has been my little quote in my about on my Facebook and one that I, I, I really cherish from the very beginning. And that's don't worry about what you can't control. You know, so much easier said than done, but so peaceful and such a comfort when you can take the energy that you would spend on trying to figure out the who, what, where, and why, you know, no different in this environment that we're in right now with the the COVID and, and whatnot that, you know, we just get wrapped up in the why and how did it happen and this and that. And, and instead of spending and where we could spend that energy, finding a solution, Mm. resolving something, working towards something, you know, else that we, that is within our control. So I love that saying, don't worry about what you can't control. Although, like I said, it's something that's way (laughs) easier said than done. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll tell you in the industry you're in motorsports, talk about the possibility of things going wrong. There's a million pieces to a race before, during, and after. How have you applied that? And we're going to get into your book in a minute, but how have you applied that to what you do there at JR Motorsports? Because racing, oh my gosh, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of variables to what we do. And, and, um, you know, that just staying true to that and, and pointing those things out in times of adversity when, you know, maybe you are, um, you know, having a hard time. I mean, really this past weekend at Bristol, um, Monday night, actually, we raced and two of our cars were leading first and second and one took the other out essentially. Yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, it was Horrible. a racing accident. You know, racing, it was a hard racing accident for me at Bristol, but that's a perfect scenario of, of, um, you know, kind of working through that mantra of being upset, being mad, being frustrated, but really turning that into focus on it can't be undone. What you can do to control it later, you know, is more the important part and and keeping that line of communication open with between the two guys and looking at it from that angle. So, you know, it just... You know, it's something definitely that we have to talk to talk through often in our sport because there's so many different variables. Oh, it was such a heartbreak. And, you know, for racing to <laughs> finally kind of get back on the track after this shutdown that's happened, it was just like, oh, my gosh. Uh, and uh, I, mean, I know the drivers felt as bad as the fans and the team members and everybody else. Of course, the guys behind them love it, right? Yeah. I mean, a car owner never wants to see two of their teammates, uh, no. you know, end up in that situation where you're excited for one because they're in victory lane, but you're frustrated and sad with the other because they had a dominant car and were right there to be contending with and then got taken out. So yeah, it's a tough one. Let me ask you this before we get into uh, a a deep dive on this book called Drive. How has the pandemic affected you guys and your team? And how have you dealt with some of the the things that we're all having to deal with with this, of course? And, And is the team healthy? Everybody okay? Yeah, we're all good. You know, in the beginning of the COVID environment, we shut down immediately mid-March. And of course, there was a lot of anxiety and fear about what's going on, what's happening, you know, why are we doing this? Why is it going to this level of of kind of everybody staying home mm-hmm. and, and not coming out? And uh, so, you know, a lot of those first couple of weeks were just spent in constant communication with our management group and our so that they could then carry a message, you know, down to their people uh, to try to keep everyone, like I just said, to not worry about what we can't control, you know, to, right. to really find some 
comfort and peace and communication. So I think that was really important uh, during the whole process. But kind of as you got more information, as you become more comfortable with why we were doing things a certain way and the data that they were putting out that was supporting, you know, the reasons that we needed to be home, you know, we just kind of turned, okay, what, how do we work in this environment? And for Mm -hmm. a race team, it's kind of difficult because you can't literally take the cars home to your garage and work on them, you know? And that was really hard for our race team. They, we were able, fortunately, to keep people paid and, and to keep their benefits underneath them. But at the same time, they were like, what can I do? Because you're, you know, giving me all this I'm grateful that I'm continuing to be paid, but I, I'm not doing anything, you know? People aren't used to that. They aren't used not to that. Not many people yeah, like they, to work and get paid for doing nothing. To do nothing, exactly. And, you know, there's a fair amount of our people that could continue to work and just, you know, really being able to adapt and adjust right away on, okay, how are we going to support sponsors even though we're not on the racetrack? What can we do? Right. You know, our marketing and media team got together very quickly and, and outlined some different things that we could keep content on our social media and things like that. And so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, a lot of communication. That was just so important to stay in tune and and to be able to easily adapt in a different direction as we teleworked and, and as our cars went on the racetrack, because that's what we operate around is, is racing and our sponsors and right. being able to provide services for them that, uh, you know, generate some value. And there really wasn't a lot of that going on. Everybody was in the same boat we were concerned about what your business looks like. Exactly. Well, I think if there's some silver linings that come out of this pandemic, it's people's uh, ability to adapt and be creative and do different things. And and it's been amazing. Yeah. What I've seen of people and there's so many, I talk to five people a week here on Cars Yeah. And the, the innovative thoughtfulness of people, not only for their employees, but for sponsors that we realize in racing, you can't survive without sponsors. Uh, I can't either. And how do you keep supporting them in a time where everything's different? So I'm happy to hear everybody's healthy. And I'm really excited that we are getting cars back out on the track so we can enjoy them. I can't wait for the days we can sit in the stands and cheer everybody on. Let's talk about this book, Drive, because that's really why I wanted to have you on the show. Our good friend Cindy Sisson, who uh, introduced me to you, said, you got to talk to Kelly. This new book is fascinating. I love most motivational books, business-driven books, and of course, with a title, Drive, and coming from the the family you come from, uh, this is a a killer winner book. So tell me, why'd you write it? Take a bit of a deep dive into what this book's all about. Yeah, so starting this process about 20 months ago, we were in the midst of finishing Dell's book and really going to market with Dell's book, and I was talking to the publisher Uh, about some of those things. And she said, you know, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I'm like, no, not really. You know, nobody's ever asked me if I was interested (laughs) in writing a book. And I didn't think in my career and as a business person, I'm like, you know, what am I going to write a book about? But I thought about it and I said, you know, if I, if I wanted to, if I wrote a book, this is what it would be about. And I wanted the book to be about going through therapy, which I spent quite a few years, three to five years in therapy, trying to understand why I made certain decisions and how my family of origin and my childhood had an effect on me as an adult and wanted, I really wanted to be a better wife and a better mom. Mm. And so I had to start dealing with all these internal struggles that were going on within me. So um, I said, I want to write about that relationship with my dad, because that was really at the core root of my issue was the fact that our dad didn't spend a lot of time with us as kids. Uh, There were lots of sacrifices made and growing up as an Earnhardt, 
everybody thought it was hunky dory. Oh, you know, your dad must have been this and your dad, you got to be so proud of your dad. He's the number one race car driver ever, you know, so on and so forth. And it was really hard because so many times I wanted to say, yeah, he's a great race car driver, but mm, I really struggled with him as a dad. And so I wanted to write about that. And the book Morph, the publisher said, you know, that's all well and good, but here's some other things that we should, you should think about. And, and, and they said, you know, you've, you've developed into such a great business person. You know, why don't you think about some of the lessons that you've utilized between your business and going through therapy and the way that you want to treat people and do business and write about that. And so, you you know, the book is sort of part growing up earned heart and part lessons learned. And so there's a little bit of both in there. So I got to kind of kill two birds with one stone, I guess you would say. Yeah, this must have been a, a quite a, a bit of an emotional journey for you. It was, you know, the emotional part is just kind of stepping up and speaking out on it because mm-hmm. Like I said, I've been in so many interactions uh, with people wanting to tell me how great my dad was. And and he was an amazing race car driver. You know, we can all agree on that. And I'm so proud of that. So proud of our legacy and carrying that legacy on through junior motorsports. But I always wanted to talk about him as a person. You know, for me, my relationship with my dad was not as a race car driver. You know, it was as a person. It was as my dad. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't relate to those people saying, oh, what a wonderful this he was, you know, because all that's going through my mind is how we struggled. And so much more because we lost him and we had not been in a position to for he and I to talk about that in our relationship right. and, and to kind yeah. of move on from that. So I never got that chance to settle it with him, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it was very emotional. Just the the courage to share it uh, and the courage to speak out about it and what people would think. But like most things that I do, it, it's in a very respectful manner and not to really tear anyone down, but just to share my experience. Well, it's an emotional journey. And when it involves a parent, it's a whole nother thing. And uh, I've had guests on the show who've talked about relationships with parents, good and bad challenges and so forth. And I think as we become adults, we realized, you know, our parents are just people and yeah. they've got flaws. Uh, they've got great things about them. But when you add the impact of the Earnhardt name and the family and this whole legacy around all of it, that adds a whole nother bit of complexity. And I can't imagine for you to have everyone seeing you fuck guys from the outside in and then you being inside and realizing, you know, things, like you said, weren't always so hunky-dory for me as a child. So I, I think you've taken a really brave step here, Kelly. Let's talk about a challenge, though, while you were writing the book, because I always ask my guests about a challenge and and maybe you want to relate some other kind of challenge. But the more important part of this is overcoming it and what you learned. I'll tell you, one of the things that I commend you for is is the therapy, because for so long, the idea of going to therapy had this stigma about that there's something wrong with you somehow. And I've since learned very much different that it is not about that at all. It's really about getting to know yourself, understanding what makes you tick and what pushes your buttons good and bad and so forth. So I want you to take us into a challenge in your life in some respect, kind of walk us through that. But more importantly, what did you learn from it so you could move forward in a very positive way? Yeah, you know, the the biggest thing, and, it, and I talk about it in my book in terms of letting go to move forward. And that challenge and that let go for me, um, you know, was when we were contemplating leaving Dell and Hart Incorporated, uh, Dell driving for them and our family business. You know, our dad passed in 2001. Dale was just in the, you know, the early stages uh, being a cup driver and driving for the family business. Dad told Dale, 
his every move. You know, you do this, son, you do this, you do this. This is how this is going to operate. And and Dale did it, you know, to, to become a race car driver. And then when, uh, you know, he passed and then we were still at the family business, I, I actually came over to work for him about six months after my dad passed because I said, you know, Dale, you're, I don't know how you're going to navigate this. And he and I were always close as children because we were navigating life together with, a dad on the road with a stepmom. Our mom lived six hours away in Virginia. So we were always kind of navigating life together. And yeah. I was kind of the mama hen taking care of things. Yeah. But making that decision to leave DEI in 2007, we made that transition in 2008. But the whole year of 2007, there was a lot going on in my world. Um, not just trying to to decide and, and get comfortable with leaving Dillon Hart Incorporated, but the process of how we announce that and tell the world that Again, going back to that Earnhardt thing, <laughs> yeah. an Earnhardt, the Earnhardt Jr. is leaving the Earnhardt, you know? Right, and, yeah. And, and so that was a really big deal. At the same time, I was going through health problems. I had a massive um, tumor in my pancreas. Oh, and no. so I was trying to put a team of people together to start our business. And literally, I interviewed people in my hospital room. It's quite crazy. But oh my, um, what? Yeah, I was <laughs> recovering from surgery, and but I couldn't let up. I, you know, we were we we had a timeline, and I'm like, okay, I can do this. You know, hey, do you mind coming over to the hospital <laughs> so oh we can talk about? Oh my gosh, that's yeah. incredible! Wow, it's quite crazy. But you know, that decision to move on and let go was a really big one because. Obviously, the fan aspect of it and, and all of the legions of fans and followers about what they were going to think. If someone had to guess, people would have automatically guessed that we were going to go drive for Richard Childress Racing, which is who my dad drove for, right? The, right. the three car. Yeah. Uh, makes a lot of sense to everyone. And we, you know, ended up surprising people and going with Hendrick Motorsports, yep. which we also had a family tie to. So it wasn't as much of a surprise and, and heartburn for us as it was for everybody else yeah. to go there. Yeah. But anyway, just trying to get right with the fact with that legacy that we were trying to continue, can it go on when you're not underneath the family business and, and so on and so forth? And it did. And, and, you know, we've been very proud of that fact, you know, from day one, I've always believed in your family, the legacy is the story and the way that you continue to hold with hold up that reputation of those who came before you. So, right. you know, the legacy are the children and the, the children that follow and the grandchildren and so on and so forth. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we've been able to do that and uh, stay in this business and, and, um, you know, overcome that big decision, uh, for what I thought, you know, you, the, it, the world could have either crashed yep. or luckily it continued to move on. And we had, a, a you know, a, a huge following and support. Wow. What a story. Uh, <laughs> my hat's off to you. That's just incredible. And there's, there's that Earnhardt blood. Keep the foot to the floor. Don't lift. Even if you're in your hospital bed recovering, you still got to yeah. <laughs> run the bit. Man, you are incredible. Uh, now I know why Cindy insisted that I talk with you because you are amazing. <laughs> well, listen, let's catch our breath, take a short break, thank our sponsors here. And we come back, I want to talk a little bit about uh, maybe the passion you have for cars and obviously for racing since you work in it. And we're going to talk a little more about this book as well. So sit tight, stay buckled up. We'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years 
and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto, diesel, aviation, marine, motorcycle, motorsports, and restoration worlds. To date, they've awarded more than $10 million in scholarships and grants to tech students. And in times like these, I don't have to tell you how essential those techs are. Keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping America rolling. To learn more about TechForce or to make a donation to this cause, visit www.techforce.org. You'll be glad you did. All right, we're back, Kelly, and uh, I want to have you maybe share a story with me that instigated a bit of a passion you have with racing. It's almost a ridiculous question to ask somebody like you, but you know what? You could have chosen to go a whole nother path, do something completely outside of racing. Obviously, there's a pull there for you personally, even though the life that you've been through. So is there a pivotal moment when you knew that, you know what, I'm kind of a car gal, kind of a racer? Well, you know, that's, it was, that's kind of a hard question when all I've known is cars, right? right? So, I mean, cars for me started watching, you know, my dad race on the racetrack and going to the races and, you know, because motorsports and particularly NASCAR are so in tune to our OEMs, you know, the Chevys, the, the Dodges, the Fords of the world, you automatically become a car person. I mean, we were a Chevy family, a Chevrolet family through and through. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad owned a dealership. You know, he did drive Fords early in his career, you know, 80, let's see, two and 82 and three, I think. And then from 84 on, which, you know, I was a 12 year old girl. All I've known is Chevrolet. So always been um, interested in cars and power and horsepower. Being a racer myself, I raced race cars. Yeah. Uh, and so anytime that you kind of have that desire to to get behind a wheel of a powerful car, there's something about it, right? There's a passion for <laughs> how they work and the power and and where you can go with it. So I've always had an interest in that. I'll tell you a funny story. My most special car, my my fondest memory is 
my dad went and bought me a junk Volkswagen off of one of our friends' uh, junkyards. And I was probably 13, 14 years old. And we put a, a eight ball shifter on it and <laughs> some like floodlights that worked as the headlights. Oh and my he gosh. had a farm that had these logging roads. I mean, this was a piece of crap Volkswagen yeah. uh, in the junkyard. And we he had all these old logging roads on his farm. And I would tear those roads up with his Volkswagen. Just had a ball <laughs> yeah. running a stick shift, uh, running Dale around once I ran into a tree and, and the running board, you know, popped up to the door and wouldn't, wouldn't besides the tree, Dale, yeah, Dale couldn't get out once we got away from the tree, but, um, <laughs> just some fun stuff like that, you know, uh, yeah. with cars back in the day when, even before I was 16, you know, I drive on the highway. I mean, just, uh, you can't do that these days, but, Man, uh, yeah. 30 years ago, 35 years ago, you could get away with stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. A little wildness in there. Well, I yeah. know you sent me a picture of a beautiful bug that was not the bug you just described uh, that I think you said your husband built for you. Was that kind of like a, a bring back a memory thing? Well, so it is. And I always, you know, loved Volkswagens. And so I, I had always uh, told him that, you know, I'd love a, Volks, a Volkswagen, a 72 Volkswagen. Mm. One of the things that my dad, when at his passing that we were told that he was working on doing was getting each of us a car from our birth year. Oh. And so that always kind of stuck out to me. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool to have a car from your birth year? And I, the Volkswagen seemed like a natural fit with that being kind of my first car, so to speak, that I tooled around in. So right. um, he spent many, many months searching for the right Volkswagen. And he and my kids gave it to me on my 40th birthday in 2012. Oh, wow. And uh, it's a really cool car because it's like a drag racing Volkswagen. And you yeah. said it, we're, we're kind of standing in front of the wheels in the picture, but you could tell that it wasn't completely stock. <laughs> well, no, it is not stock at all from what I can see. And I, I come yeah. from VW history. My sister had a bug. Uh, my son learned to drive when he was eight years old in a VW bug in 1973, actually. Actually. And I had a 67 Carmagia in high school that I promptly ripped apart and modified and put a bigger engine in and bigger wheels and stuff. But this car, yeah, it looks almost like a drag racer or something. It's got some very cool wheels on it. The back tires are definitely uh, bigger than normal. So what's what's in the back of this thing that powers it? Well, I wish I knew that, Mark. Um <laughs> I wish I knew that. So, um, but it is, it's a cool car. It, the, the wheels, the width of the wheel, the rear wheels, you know, are definitely uh, drag racing tires. I haven't taken it anywhere drag racing, but, um, <laughs> it's a fun car. Unfortunately, it doesn't get driven as much because it doesn't have air condition. Oh, okay. And, you know, so you've got that kind of early spring or in the fall when yeah. it feels great to drive it. And then when you have three kids like me, right. it's kind of hard to load everybody up in the Volkswagen and, and tool down the road to do what you need to do, you know, but, yeah. um, yeah. But nonetheless, uh, it's a really, really cool car and, and a special car to me for sure. It's very beautiful. Yeah. I love the color too. Kind of a burgundy color, which is yeah. really, really nice. So is that your, is that, could I qualify that as your first really special car? Well, I actually, I have a few cars in my possession that I, uh, two of them I got prior to that car as well. Uh -huh. I've got a, a 2007 Tahoe. So it's not a, you know, not a collector old car, yeah. but when Speed was broadcasting the races, they did this show called Payback. Okay. And it was celebrities paying back 
someone important in their life with a special vehicle. And so Dale was on the show and he had this Tahoe built for me. Uh, um, and it was my payback and the, the, the license tag on it says my payback. It's kind of funny when I go to, um, the gas station with it and people, people think that my payback, it's from a divorce. (laughs) That's the first thing that people think of. I'll bet. Yeah. (laughs) I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then I get to explain, you know, the car. And then I also, when my dad passed, uh, they were building uh, Camaro Intimidators. Oh, and yeah. they had built 83 of them. And when my dad passed, I was like, you know what? I, I really should get one of those. And so they built me an 84th one. And uh, so I have that as well. It's a 2002 uh, Chevy Camaro. And, and that thing is fun to, drive. fun uh, to drive. Yeah, I'll bet. Sounds really cool. Yeah. Well, Kelly, I'm going to get in your brain a little bit here. I'm going to be your therapist. And you did, you know, you <laughs> talked about going to therapy. So I'm going to be your therapist for just a minute here. I want you to tell me if you were manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself, your personality as a vehicle, what kind of car, truck or motorcycle or race car would Kelly be? You know what? I'm going to say a 69 Chevy Camaro. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, for one, because it's got power yeah. and, and I don't slow down. Um, <laughs> no, you, as you know, <laughs> I don't get I that can impression. Tell, you can, <laughs> right. You can tell from the story of the hospital, right? That um, yes. I just keep pushing through and keep moving through. So yeah. from a sports car perspective, you know, to me, that's a meaty muscle. One, you're just going to push to the limit and 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 power through whatever yeah. comes its way. So that's one of the reasons that I like it for sure. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's meaty. There's something to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's interest, you know, and, uh, and, and so I feel that way kind of about myself in terms of, you know, there's a lot within Kelly to get to know and, and a lot of depth and, and character and whatnot. So, um, yeah. I like it. I like it. That's pretty cool. Well, those cars were monsters anyway, and they had such yeah. a great stance. And that year of Camaro is one of my favorites. It's just super cool. Well, listen, we're into the uh, what I call the last lap. It's uh, it's when the white flag's out. You guys have been there on your team many, many times. The checkered is in the distance. I'm going to fire off a series of questions, ask you to give us some quick blips of that Camaro Intimidator throttle. So here we go. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in life? This is going to sound funny, but I'm going to say being nosy. Being nosy. You know, no, that's that's good. That means you want to know about things. Uh, I love the yeah, way you put it. Yeah, I want to how things work. I want to know the who's and what's and why's. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's great. How about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry or racing industry, living or deceased? Who would that be? You know, I don't know a name specifically, but I'd love to sit down with someone in the very beginning when they were building cars, you know, the very first car that was built and the thought process and going from horses and covered wagons to cars, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, I think that'd be fascinating. I like to know how things work. I like to know, you know, just where that foresight came and and just looking ahead at what they were thinking through uh, in a time like that is just fascinating to me. Have you ever been to the Mercedes Museum in Stuttgart, Germany? You know what? I have not been to the Mercedes Museum. I have been to Stuttgart, Germany, though. Okay. But we went to, is there a BMW Museum there as well? That one is in Munich. Okay, no, I haven't been there. I think we were invited to go there. We went on a trip to Germany a couple years ago, and um, so some fascinating stuff there, especially for cars. Well, the reason I bring it up is because being a woman, you might 
know this story. When you go to the Mercedes Museum, you go up, it's a beautiful museum, it's very unique, and you go up this elevator, and when you get out, they start at the history, and they the first thing you see is a horse, a full-size stuffed horse. Oh, wow. There. And the idea, of course, is we went as a society, as a world, from a horse to a motorized vehicle. And did you ever know the story of Bertha Benz? I do not. Okay, I'm not going to share the whole thing here, but I'll have you look that up. It's a very, there's a, in fact, there's a cool video that uh, Mercedes-Benz did. I'm going to send it to you about Bertha Benz. I'll give you the condensed version. Of course, Daimler-Benz, Carl Benz, uh, Daimler-Benz, the grouping, but Carl Benz, who built the first uh, automobile. Uh, and there's some debate of who did the first one. But at any rate, his wife was quite an innovative and progressive woman back Back in the day, because back, of course, before the turn of that century, women were like, ah, you stay in your place. Yeah, right. She actually took that first car with her son and went on a trip, like a long driving trip. And she broke down and figured out a way to keep the thing going. And it's a fascinating story about a woman who had a lot of, excuse the pun, drive and motivation and gumption and gut and spirit uh, to get in this motor car and go driving. I'm going to send you the video and I'll put a link to that video for you listeners that haven't seen it. It's a really cool video about this woman who was way ahead of her time. Of course, her husband was as well uh, developing the first motor car, but uh, you're a bit, of, you're a little bit of a birth of Benz and that's a very high compliment that I'm paying you right now. I think you would l- enjoy that very much. Uh, how about the best automotive or racing advice from the perspective of how you work in racing that someone else gave you? What, what would that be? Well, I'm going to say the best hands-down automotive advice, I got two pieces, and they both happened when I was young, when I was you know, getting my license, uh, 16, 17 years old. The first was uh, I had a best friend. Her name was Jennifer, and her dad made us go outside to Jennifer's car, which was a little Honda CRX at the time. And we had to change. We learned literally to change a tire. Oh, good. I think that was so important (laughs) back then. Yep. Is do now. But to know how to be able to do that, to use the jack and not be intimidated by that if you were, you know, put in that position later. Um, And the other piece of advice was more about driving the car. and, And I've taught my kids this as well. And this sticks out to me between me and my dad was about if you drive off the side of the road, how to come back on. And so many accidents are created because people jerk the wheel back and then they end up in a tailspin or turning over or whatever, head on into another car. And it works. If you know, he told me if you go off the side of the road, just steady at best you can keeping on the side and, you know, eventually getting yourself back on the road. Now, granted, you could hit a mailbox or two. It could happen. <laughs> yeah, but better but, uh, better than hitting a head-on car. It's so much better than jerking, you know, yeah. not jerking the wheel when you run off the road. And yeah. so uh, those two things uh, stick out in my mind if you want to talk about just best advice. <laughs> you know, they are. They did a driving school here I had my kids go to at our local racetrack, and it was for young learning drivers. And that's one of the yeah. things they did. You brought your car. They had a place where they had some dirt and some soft sand. They had you drop two wheels off the side. And then they showed you what happens when you jerk back onto the road. And kids saw pretty quickly what happened. The car spun, or like you said, heaven forbid, went into oncoming traffic. The racetrack was a safe place for that. Or uh, they taught them how to just gently back off the gas gate regain control and gently pull the car back on. And both my kids told me that that helped them quite a bit. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And of course I did with my daughter. uh, We're going to learn how to change a tire today. Well, dad, I'm going to break my nails. Well, (laughs) yeah, that might happen, but at least it can get you off the road. So it's a great thing for parents to teach their kids. So, wow, what a deal. Uh, How about a resource, a go-to for you? Is there one that you might like to share with us? 
You know, I don't have any particular resource that I go to, you know, in particular. I, I just kind of use social media and, and as a guide, you know, and there's so many things that you can find between your Facebook or your Twitter and your Instagram of things that people are sharing, you know, that I that I tend to find. I just click through eventually and and get to some great places um, and, and some good things to follow. So, yeah, there's a lot out there. Well, I'm going to also put on Kelly Shono's page, Junior Motorsports, because uh, their company website is very cool. There is so much to see there. Lots of fun eye candy. You can, of course, follow along with them and all their adventures and racing uh, success as well. So uh, check it out. We'll put a link to that on the website, jrmotorsports.com. Junior Motorsports, it's a great place to spend a little bit of time. How about a book? Now, uh, obviously, we want to, <laughs> talk Mine. about your book. Yeah, definitely. So where can people get a copy of this book? Well, um, yeah, so you can go to kellyearnhartdrive.com and then all the links are on there where the book's available for sale currently, particularly in this environment when we've still got stores closed. Yeah. But I do, the one book title outside of mine, because I just wrote it, so I haven't been recommending it for that long. <laughs> okay. But the one title that I just hands down recommend most people to read is the five love languages. Ah, okay. uh, have you read that Mark? I have not. I need to read that. Okay. The five love languages, I think, and, and this probably stems from, you know, going through therapy as well is, uh -huh. is, um, and they have the five love languages for kids as well is for you to learn your partner's love language or your children's love language or anybody in your life's love language. Ah. Uh, because so often we, um, we have the wrong expectation of what our person's love language. And it just makes that relationship better if you learn how to love the way they want to be loved. So, you know, for instance, some people like quality time or some people like affection, words of affection. Some people like acts of service like me and some people like gifts. So there's just all these different love languages. And when you learn how your partner or someone that you're trying to, to love works, it's just amazing kind of what opens up. So I recommend that book highly and for your kids too. To so, kind of learn. so this book is by an author named Gary Chapman. So are you telling me then if I read this, I can figure my wife out? You, Hey, you'll get real close, Mark. Will I? Okay. Yeah, well, you know, I've been married for 35 years. I thought... <laughs> well, you're doing a good job. You don't even need to read it. Well, I just do what I'm told. <laughs> That's what my grandfather told me when I got married. I asked him when we got married. He'd been married 50 years when my wife and I got married. I said, hey, Grandpa, uh, what can you tell me about marriage? And he goes, oh, that's easy. Just do what she tells you. And yeah. uh, my, my grandmother jabbed him and said, don't lie to the boy, Bill. And uh, then he got serious and he looked at me and he said this, and I've never forgotten it. It was one of the treasures because I didn't know my grandfather that well. We lived so far apart. And he, he was a farmer, lived in Texas, and cattle and wheat and so forth. And he said, here's the secret, Mark. Do the best you can to always... Remember, be willing to give more than you ever expect to get back. Absolutely, yeah. And he said, if you yeah. both do that, you'll have a wonderful life like your grandmother and I have had. They had five children, something like 16 grandchildren, 22 great-grandchildren. They were married for almost 72 years, um, passed away within three months of each other. And uh, yeah, so I've always tried to remember that. You know, when I'm feeling a little selfish and say, nope, yeah. I'm willing to give more. But I'm going to pick that up. Uh, you can uh, always treat it or teach an old dog new tricks. So I appreciate <laughs> you recommending that to me. And of course, I'm going to put a link to Kelly's book. And guess what, listeners? Kelly is going to give away one signed autograph book to one of my very lucky listeners. If you go to carsyow.com and click on the free book button. You'll get my book, which is an ebook called Filler Up, and your name will go into a hat, and she's going to mail you a signed copy of this book, which I think 
everybody should read. So I'll make sure I put a link to that. Kelly, thank you for doing that for our listeners today. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. Before I let you go, because I know you're doing a lot of interviews today, I'm going to buy you a very cool car today, Kelly. Any kind of fun toy collectible car that you might want to have, but there's a couple rules to this game. Think of me as a sponsor. I do have some restrictions when I'm going to be spending my money on you. You can't sell this car to buy a bunch of other toys with or fund your racing organization. So if you pick the most expensive car in the world, you're stuck with it. I want you to drive it. I want you to enjoy it. Could be a street car. Could be a vintage race car. Something fun. Uh, but here's the the killer part of this question. It's the only one cool collector car you can have. That means those other cars you have have to go away. Or if you don't want to get rid of those, you get to keep one of them. What's it going to be? Let's just say for today. Oh gosh. I know it makes it hard. (laughs) It it is a tough one, but I'm telling you, my son and I have this car on our radar right now. And we've been, we've been telling my husband for months, probably years, that (laughs) if we could just get one of these, we'll never ask for anything else. Okay. That's a big statement. Yeah. It, so it's a General Lee. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. We want a, Gen- we want a Dukes of Hazard General Lee. <laughs> funny. You know, that's so funny, but it's such an iconic car. And, uh, it is. yeah. And I, I used to watch that show growing up. Yeah. Yeah. There's it- lots of reasons. I mean, I was, <laughs> you know, born and raised on, on the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. At the time for us, I mean, it was just, a, a, just a fun show. Yeah. Um, and the orange that just jumps out at you. And obviously junior motorsports, that's kind of our team color is orange. Sure, so yeah. automatically and the horn, I mean, you, you know, you can't have a, <laughs> a general <laughs> lead without yeah, the horn. Yeah. Um, and, oh, uh, and the climbing through the window, my, my, my son, you know, he wants to climb through the window to get into the car, yeah. but, uh, our friend Ryan Newman, you know, fellow NASCAR driver, has one, uh-huh. and from time to time we've borrowed it, and uh, it's just a fun, iconic yeah. car, you know, yeah. it's just fun. Well, you know, I've had uh, dozens, if not hundreds, of fabricators on the show. I'm sure I could call a friend and have him build one for you, and we'll make sure, just for your son, we'll weld the door shut, so uh, and he can't open yeah. those doors. He has to climb through the window. Oh, we found a few for sale. Don't get me wrong, Mark. Are you still buying? Are you still paying? Well, of course. <laughs> I'm always paying. I've I bought over 1,583 cars now, so yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to paying. So, uh, yeah, I'll, you know, if you find one, just send me a bill and I'll take okay. care of it for you. We'll so, see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, well, checks in the mail, as they always say. Well, listen, Kelly, this has been a really fun ride. I'm so happy Cindy introduced us. I'm really proud of what you've done in your life and what you're doing for people. And this book uh, is absolutely fabulous. Again, listeners, if you want to be able to win a copy of this book, uh, just just go online to carsyet.com, click on the free book button. But you know what? Don't wait for it. I'm going to give you a link to go to the website. Get your hands on this because this book has some wonderful insights about how to get through your life better, stronger, more powerful as a person and a human being and a contributor to life. So check out Drive. I'll put links to Junior Racing, which is jrmracing.com, the website where you can get your hands on a copy of this book. Kelly, thank you for spending so much. Actually, before I let you go, I want to ask you this question. What's one last point of wisdom you might offer us before you drive off into the sunset honking that horn on that General Lee? Okay. Well, one of my favorite chapters in my book is about leading from the heart. It's chapter 13. It's just, you know, the part of me that runs on passion and intuition and care for other people, which is just, uh, just really at the heart of who I am. And so, I think that's uh, what I'd leave people with is that, uh, you know, lead from your heart, let people get to know you, let people see your heart, uh, do good on purpose, and uh, let that kind of be your your guiding light. 
Absolutely. It's wonderful. Definitely a way we we hope more and more people uh, live their lives like that moving forward. Kelly, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your life with us today. This has been wonderful. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Sounds great. Thank you. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!